Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. Cody Tucker, as always, joined by Jared Newland in Newland's Basement Bar. <laughs> and there's actually drinks this time. Well, you have one. <laughs> oh, you're not drinking? I'm battling a damn head cold. <laughs> What's that movie, Horrible Bosses, when the, the boss makes him drink at 8 in the morning? <laughs> big shot of, big handle of scotch. You just referenced the a movie. <laughs> I did. Wow. That was weird. <laughs> so, uh, you just watched Horrible Bosses for uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Uh, obviously, a lot going on right now uh, in Laramie and on the national landscape, the Final Four this weekend. Um, I'm excited for the Final Four. Can't say that I really am very often, but I know that's been a big talking point this week is, is this even exciting? And it's, hell yes, it's exciting. And I talked to a guy online the other day who, or I was on a show this week, Brady Hole show down in Greeley. And I said, hey, doesn't this kind of give you hope that you can win a national title at the University of Wyoming or at Colorado State? Uh, because obviously Colorado State's not happening, but that's just <laughs> personal. But I mean, you get where I'm coming from that I think this kind of opens up things a little bit, doesn't it? That makes you, gives you that little bit of hope. Well, I think it definitely does, and I was listening to a show actually today, and uh, the host of this show even said that, um, saying that this might be the new norm. Yeah. There might be uh, no blue bloods in it um, for me, you know, every once in a while like that. Well, and they're going to have so many one-and-dones. Yep. Um, I think older teams are going to win in March. Well, we were going to talk about this later on, but since you brought it up, let's just go into it right now. They're... This is the first time that three teams are making their debut in the semifinals since 1970. That's awesome. This is also the first Final Four without a one, two, or a three seed. Love it. And it is also the first Final Four since the seedings began in 1979 without a single former McDonald's All-American on any of the teams. Love it. You know what that sounds like to me? The University of Wyoming. Exactly. <laughs> but I did have a guy, and, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this too, Jared. He said, that's not necessarily true, that Wyoming and CSU ever have a shot. And, and I'm like, how, how can you say that? And he said, look where San Diego is. They can throw a stone and hit you know, some really good basketball players right in their community. They don't have to travel. They don't have to go out and recruit nationally, even though they do. Same for Florida Atlantic, which is down in South Florida. Obviously, same for Miami, and Miami's loaded with NIL deals, and then UConn. But do you think there's any? Do you think there's merit to that, or do you think a University of Wyoming and a Colorado State? I just say Colorado State because I was on the air in Colorado. <laughs> uh, do you think a University of Wyoming? This gives you hope that you can do it. Well, I'd use Kansas State as an example. They are completely full of 13 transfers. Not one of those guys originally signed with Kansas State, and Kansas State's in the middle of the playing states. It's in the middle of the country. I said the same thing when they were playing to somebody who doesn't follow basketball. I said, because people always say, well, Laramie, well, Laramie. I'm like, have you ever been to Manhattan, Kansas before? It's only saving grace is probably, what, it's 100 miles or so from Kansas City? Yeah, and to, what, 150 south of Omaha and Lincoln type yeah. of deal, but... We're close to Denver. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I mean, Kansas is dreadful. it it just goes back to finding the right guys finding the right fit and that they all gel at the same time well you think about kansas state too another thing that makes it special is can you imagine being in that fan base when you have kansas right next door a blue blood who's sitting at home a number one seed who got sent home and there you are playing for a chance to go to the final four yeah and and dominating the headlines not only back home but in new york city Yep. I mean, it was just, it was a big deal, and, and Wildcat fans had to just be pounding their chest, which is cool. Very cool. But that I think that adds to, you added 13 new dudes, you have a whole new roster, you're picked to finish dead last, and you have Kansas next door. So it just makes it even more special. So so take 
take an example here if following a following a San Diego State all the way to the final four. You go all the way to Florida for your first and second rounds. Yep. And then your then the Sweet Sixteen games were in Louisville. Louisville. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of those fans went back, traveled back, mm-hmm. went back, traveled now they're in Houston. Yep. That's an expensive month of March <laughs> and going into April. But boy, wouldn't you want to spend it? Oh, I'd wrap that <laughs> credit card up in a heartbeat. That'd be so Absolutely. Much fun. That'd and be so think fun. about it too for uh, if Wyoming ever makes it to and when they make it to a New Year's Six game yep. for football. Mm-hmm. Those tickets aren't cheap, folks. No. But you know what? It's probably a once in a lifetime opportunity. You no better doubt. jump on it and get to it. Mm hmm. What I love, I've been hearing a lot of the national people saying, you know, this is a single-game elimination tournament. Who's the best that day? And as we know, as sports fans, anybody can be the best on that day. So that's the beauty of it, and and that's where I've liked college basketball's model so much more than football because, I mean, as a kid who grew up rooting for the Wyoming Cowboys, I never thought, man, are we going to be in contention for a national title this year? That's never even been part of the equation. So you're just like, hey, I want to win the WAC. I want to win the Mountain West. Want to beat your rivals. Yep. Um, you know, uh, want to go to a nice bowl game. That was always the key. We never thought about that. And now, in basketball, theoretically, you always thought, hey, you get in the final 64, you never know. And that's why 1987, you know, when the mm-hmm. Pokes made it to the Sweet 16, yep. it was such a big deal. Well, and the following year, imagine <laughs> Jim Brandenburg stays. Yeah. But on the flip side, somebody brought this up to me, Jared. What a crazy talking point. Imagine if you could transfer back then. Imagine Finnis and oh. Eric Lechner and all those dudes in San Diego State uniforms. Well, and Brandon Ewan came out on social media this yeah. week and said that he most likely would have transferred and went back to DePaul, which yep. he's a Chicago kid. Well, you know, good for him. Yeah. He, he brought up UNLV, too, and then he was like, yeah, my mom would never let me go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's cool to hear him being honest about it. And we saw Brian Hill a long time ago be honest about it. That You know, hey, he, he didn't necessarily say he would leave Wyoming. He just said, hey, it would have been nice to have the power. Yep. And that's what they have now. So now you have to play the game. You can't, Like we've talked about on this show for three straight weeks, you can't grab face masks anymore. You can't do that kind of stuff anymore. It's just it's over. It's over. And there are those occasional guys but they're outliers. Hunter Maldonado is an outlier. He's a mature, what, 25-year-old man? Who, <laughs> with three degrees. Yeah, with three degrees. Yeah, you can yell at him and tell him you want him to be better. But Joe Blow, who's there to play basketball? <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. So uh, Wyoming news, speaking of this week, let's start with the bad news because that's all we've heard for the last month. Um, Jeremiah Oden did sign with DePaul. Or not sign, he committed to DePaul. He's a Chicago kid. He's going home. I saw that Nick Reynolds, or uh, yeah, Nick Reynolds just no. was, Nick, oh. his older brother, was just added to Sundance Wicks staff at Green Bay. So I'm not a doctor or anything, but <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, you did stay at Holiday Express <laughs> last night, though. Yeah. I would imagine uh, we're going to be hearing about Noah Reynolds to Green Bay anytime now. And it makes sense because Sonny found him in Peoria, Illinois, yeah. and the whole nine. So, uh, so he's gone. Uh, we already mentioned, I think, last week, Ethan Anderson uh, going to Pepperdine. Um, last night, somebody sent me a link to that on3.com or whatever it is, and it says 100% Grammy case committed to Colorado. Can't find that anywhere else. So don't know if that's the truth or not, but thought it was interesting when he has the Kansases of the world and Baylors of the world and Texases of the world knocking on his door, he's going to stay home and go to Boulder. I wonder if they found um, an extra bag of cash in Deion Sanders' office or something. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we heard what EK's asking price was. Not cheap. No. No. Not cheap. But another thing, too, we talked about it a little bit. I actually I told him not to say my name on the air yesterday, but uh, Reese Monaco, uh, our friend Reese, he was on the air on his show yesterday, and they were talking about the NIL, and he was talking to Monty about... You know, what? Are, there's no Wyoming companies that are going to do anything. Uh, you know, most of the companies who do business in this state are not actually from this state, so they're not going to do business with the University of Wyoming. Plus, if guys are leaving, who's going to put money behind it? So I texted Reese and said, don't say my name, but, you know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Jared. Uh, start, fans need to start a collective. And Pokes Nation, for instance, a Facebook fan group, has what seventeen or nineteen thousand members right now? Put your money where your mouth is. Somebody out there, step up, start a subscription-based deal 
where these fans can pay, say, three oh seven a month, uh, $7.22 a month, and have tiers to it that go all the way up to, say, you know, $72.20 a month, $307 a month. Put your money where your mouth is. You pay more than that for a Starbucks every day. I pay double that price for Chew every day. Yep. So I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it'll add up. And that's you kind of putting some stock into all this stuff you're bitching about constantly. Yeah, the collective, it's a must now. That's yeah. all there is to it. It's It has to start. I guess it just, who's going to start it? Who's going to start it? Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, I think about that myself, like, what if I started a collective, which obviously I wouldn't and I couldn't in my position right now, but how hard could it be? I mean, I know it'd be, it'd be a little, a lot of work at first, but once you get that thing set up and humming, plus you'd be a, you'd probably be a star. Yeah. You'd really make a name for yourself as the guy who got this thing, got the ball rolling. Hey, any of our attorney uh, listeners out there, <laughs> give us a call. Yeah. You might want to talk to an attorney about this as well, but I don't see why not. And you know, um... Maybe make it where you say, hey, all 15 guys on the basketball team are going to get 1000 bucks a month. That's not bad. Well, I know it can be do- done pretty quickly because Mattress Mac, the famous yep. Houston furniture guy, uh-huh. he just did. He signed all of Florida Atlantic's players to an NIL this week. Really? To provide them $50,000 to make sure their family can fly to Houston. Awesome. That guy's a good dude. Yes, he is. And he said he's probably going to bet money on Florida Atlantic to win it all. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm a, obviously a proud Phillies fan, and they actually got Mattress Max so pissed off last year during the World Series that he flipped him off and yelled <laughs> at him. So I think that's a good badge of honor because that guy is a good dude. He is a good guy. Yeah. So I don't see why that doesn't get started. I think that'd be a nice solution. Um, tell me what basketball player wouldn't have wanted you know, an extra G in their pocket. Every month. I mean, we're, let's face it. You're not going to see huge stuff. Maybe a Josh Allen would have. But, but but the collective could be tiered based on the sport, based on what they do for their own sport and what they do for on social media and or whatever to for the collective, you know? Yeah. And so forth. So they're earning. Yeah. It, I think it could be fun. Your play on the field or the court should earn what you you know get yeah so well and i know the first collective i believe that i saw was the university of texas and they started a pancake club where basically every offensive lineman whether you play or not was getting like five grand a year and i thought i thought man that's a cool idea yeah and in byu their entire walk all their walk-ons were signed by built bar Mm -hmm. it's a utah-based uh protein bar company and they, um, they're all earning the same amount of money that a full-time uh, scholarship athlete is. Well, here's a shocker for you, Jared. Uh, Monty doesn't think this will work. He doesn't think that uh, this will work at all. I think it will absolutely work. And it's, you know, $3.07 a month. You listened to hear what he said yeah, yesterday. I did. I did. <laughs> I heard the end of it right when I got to Laramie, damn it. But I don't, I mean, that's just pessimism to me. And he was screaming into the mic, give me solutions. Well, there's a solution for you. People can put their money where their mouth is, whether it's $3 or $70 a month. Yeah, and it, it all adds up. So say if there was 19,000 people that did, um, you know, $3, obviously that wouldn't add up to a lot. But the people who are doing the 720 or the 307 mm-hmm. is going to make up for that. So you'd probably end up with a couple hundred grand yeah. into a collective or more. And what more could you expect? And it's the actual businesses slash corporations that really want to be a part of this. And maybe they have one-offs with cer- certain star mm-hmm. student athletes that they're taking care of them. Well, and how about this? Whoever runs this, say somebody takes the lead on this and becomes gung-ho and has the time. Let's just say a retired lawyer, which would be perfect for this. Um, you you get these guys, and then you go out and talk to some company who will agree to match. Yeah. And say, hey, we raised $200,000. I will match anything up to $200,000. Next thing you know, you have four hundred k right there. And, and Monty had a good point that, you know, UW Foundation and Cowboy Joe Club are constantly reaching out. And, you know, they're in your pockets all the time. And the question is, would you rather give to a collective or rather give to Cowboy Joe? I mean, Cowboy Joe, obviously. You have the parking and your seats and all that stuff. Um, but I don't think it's asking much. This is not another huge hand in your wallet. Say if you're a $1,000 
member of the Cowboy Joe Club, why not be able to say, well, I want $700 to go to the Cowboy Joe Club student athlete scholarship so I can still get my parking, and then 300 to the collective. That could be too. To me, it's who's going to take the lead. Yep. And I don't think anybody has really shown that initiative, and I might be wrong, but um, you would think I would have heard about it. So hopefully somebody takes the lead on this, and if you do, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear about it and write a story. So um, how about some good basketball news? Cowboys landed their first recruit of the 2023-24 campaign, Kobe Newton, 6'2 guard at a Fullerton College. He averaged 13 points per game last year and led California to a state title game in the JUCO ranks. And if that sounds weird, they actually do. California's got its own whole JUCO system. And kind of, I don't know about you, Jared, I couldn't help but think, uh, California guy? Guy out of Southern California right off the bat? But mm. he's from Portland. He is. He is. <laughs> that's what I said to you. And you well, he's an Oregon guy. Yeah. I said, all right. All right. <laughs> but my first thought is, hey, uh, maybe that's kind of an FU. We reached right back down into yeah. your back of your... In your neighborhood and got a kid. Absolutely. So, so good to see them get one, and I know they're working hard. I was going to share some uh, some quotes I got from you from a source inside the basketball program, um, which was really encouraging to me uh, to hear this. You know, they they told me how busy they are. They're looking at a lot of transfers, looking at some high school kids, looking at JUCO kids, of course. Uh, one of the quotes I got from from this unnamed source. Uh, we will get it done. Very confident and actually pretty energized and excited. Uh, the staff stuff will be good. Things are going in the right direction. We needed a reboot. I love it. And we kind of talked about that. I mean, now Jeff Linder, who's kind of like a mad scientist in his own right, now he's got all these scholarships open to play with. And it's kind of like he's coming in his first year, COVID year, signing these guys via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh and everything, and he he loaded up that year, so hopefully he can match what he did that year, or maybe even better. Who knows? Yeah. And now he's being questioned. You know what I mean? Now he's, like, under the microscope, so you know he really wants to get the right guys and really pull something off here and really really be impressive in the offseason and then obviously have that translate to the court. Uh, Two new coaches named, of course, Sundance Wicks off to uh, Wisconsin-Green Bay. He was just announced a couple days ago as the head coach there. Uh, we all knew that move a couple weeks ago. But uh, now replacing him and Mark Rogers is gone as well. Um, Southern California. Kind of quietly. Quietly. Um, he's pursuing other basketball um, opportunities. So says Wyoming's press release. Obviously, he was the Southern California guy on this staff. Uh, but he is gone as well. Jeff Linder has already replaced those two, Nick Whitmore and yesterday Bryston Williams. Whitmore uh, seems like more of an international guy, uh, gets some international flavor. He's been at the prep school ranks in North Carolina for a long time. I believe the press release said that he's coached 39 NBA players or something like that. Um, and then uh, Williams, who they just got, he was at two years, last two years at Indiana State. Uh, he also was uh, coaching with uh, in the G, NBA G League, has some some professional experience. Um, so, uh, did talk to a, a representative at the university yesterday who said, "You guys are really going to like these guys. They're really cool. They're really, you know, they're not Sundance Wicks. They're not going to." You know, <laughs> they're not going to yak your bring head the off. Juice. They're not bringing the juice per se, but uh, he said they're really great guys and you're really going to like them. So uh, sounds like they're really excited to get here. Sounds like the staff's really excited to have them join. So I uh, guess we'll see. I, I'd imagine we're going to start seeing, I believe, April 12th is signing day in basketball. Yeah, I so. think that's right. And then I, you mentioned last time that we were on the show that you thought Ryan Odom at Utah State was going to go to South Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, he did a 180 there and went to VCU yep. on the same day that the VCU coach left. Yep. They hired him within like a couple hours. Did you see what VCU did to Penn State, though? Because they lost their coach to Penn State. Um, and they've done this before, I guess. I, I read a little bit about it. You can have our coach, but you have to agree to a home-and-home. Home. I, I kind of like, like that. Yeah. Especially because it's so impossible to get home games with any any big team. How far down the road? I don't know about that. Because sometimes that when they do that, they'll say, well, let's wait till your recruits are gone. But with today's age, that could be today. That could be today. <laughs> yeah, you're so. right. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it could be a little bit down the road, but hey, I mean, you you know when Penn State comes to town, they're going to they're gonna pack the house there at VCU. So I thought that was uh, genius. I, I wish Wyoming would have done that with Clemson. Said, you have to come here. If you're taking Larry Shiat, you have to come here. <laughs> Well, I, I go back to this. I think I told this story before. 
when Louisville and Wyoming played football back in the late 80s or early 90s, they did a uh, – Denny Crum and Benny Dees did a handshake deal at the pool table at the um, oh, the Wolf Hotel in Saratoga. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. There's like, well, why don't we play? And like, well, let's do it. Boom. Do you think Tom Berman does stuff like that? Like when he sets up Texas and Texas Tech and says, any chance even for a neutral site game for basketball uh, when he's setting up these football games? Possibly. I mean, the UConn football home and home came out of the Clemson mm-hmm. football trip. Yep. That it was can't you know that Clemson had to find somebody. So Wyoming goes out there for a one deal, and now it's a home and home. Mm-hmm. So those do those things do happen as far as extending those games out and this will be the fourth time Wyoming's played Texas now yeah and um, so forth so and I have the utmost respect for Texas football program for coming here same with Texas A&M you know as much as I hate Nebraska it was great to have them here too and you might know more truth to this but I understand I've heard from people that Nebraska maybe wanted that game moved to Mile High Stadium I never heard that. Uh, I think I heard. I'd heard that they well, maybe wanted that. Their fans did. Oh, I don't know if the school ever did, but the fans definitely did because Denver is Nebraska's number one alumni base outside TV of market outside of um, Omaha and Lincoln area. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. I believe it. But I thought that I had heard that, and then I thought I'd heard that Tom Berman was like, "No, we want them in in, in War Memorial, and we want this for our home fans." I do remember Tom making that comment. Yeah, but I don't know um, if if it was the school or the fans that actually wanted that more than anything. Yeah, uh, just got a text from a, a guy that's just moved to Tucson. He said, "Hey, really enjoyed the podcast." So I'm going to give a shout out to Tom Johnson and Casey Campbell down in Tucson. Nice, you snowbirds, you. <laughs> yeah, pussies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Casey Campbell, man. He's awesome. And TJ used to be the swim coach at Wyoming. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Man, there's quite an alumni base hanging out down there in yeah. Tucson, in there. Met a lot of great Wyoming fans down there the last two times the Cowboys have played there. Um, football news. Spring football just started. Um, exciting time of year. Didn't think there'd be a ton of storylines this year because, oddly enough, with the way the world works in college athletics now, the Cowboys went from the third youngest team to the third most experienced <laughs> team um, overnight. Well, you're two practices in. What have you learned this week? <laughs> um, learned quite a bit, I guess. Uh, you know, on the injury front, uh, hate to start there, but on the injury front, uh, three linebackers are missing right now, and they're going to miss the spring, and that's Easton Gibbs, Shea Suyanoa, and Cole DeMarzo. Uh, Craig Bowl said that he's really been impressed with Connor Shea, a guy who's stepping up there. And, you know, you got to look at it in a good way. I mean, we know what Easton Gibbs can do. We know what those guys can do. So what can Connor Shea do? What can some of these new linebackers do? So it's, it's good to see them get in anyway. Uh, they're a little thin on the offensive line as well. Uh, I found out that Wyoming's four-star recruit, Deshaun Woods, out of Omaha – he will not be uh, participating in the spring because of academic. He's focusing on his academics is what Craig Bull said. So uh, didn't see him on the field last year. By all accounts, everybody I talked to, they said this kid's a real deal. I mean, you don't get recruited by LSU, Miami, Texas A&M, and commit to Mizzou, you know, on accident. So the kid's really good. We just haven't seen him yet, and unfortunately won't see him during the spring, and I'm sure that uh, – is not sitting well with his head coach, I would assume, but uh, kid's very talented. So hopefully we see him in the fall. Um, some big news as far as position changes. Uh, Caden Becker, of course, a lot of fans out there thought Caden Becker might be the answer at quarterback. Uh, he is now a defensive end. And six, they had six quarterbacks. They were not going to finish this spring with six quarterbacks. And Craig said it. He goes, we took a, we took a flyer on this kid because yeah. we didn't know if he could be a quarterback at this level. Yeah. He just – his consistency and his completion rate just wasn't there. I think what got fans fired up, though, is uh, I believe Caden was involved in those Elite eight, elite 11 passing camps right. and stuff and winning them and, like, finishing top top of his class kind of thing against some, like, four- and five-star guys around the country. But I guess, you know, when the bullets fly, it, it, what was great about – I talked to Caden yesterday, and what was great about him, I mean, talk about humble dude, I'm like – this had to be really hard because I'd imagine, you know, quarterback's already a prideful position. And then you're coming to Wyoming, I, I, I'd i imagine you thought, I'm going to be the next Josh Allen. And he was like, yeah, I mean, my whole life I was quarterback. I've, I've gone to all these camps and put all this money. My family's put all this money into camps. And 
you know, um, but I actually went to offensive coordinator Tim Polisek and said, hey, can I change positions? Because he get saw on the, the field. Yeah, he wants to get on the field, and he saw the writing on the wall, too. I love how he says he's watching YouTube videos of Joey Bosa and J.J. Yeah. Watt. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I asked him about that, like, how are you going to get, you know, you've never played this position. And he's like, man, I'm doing a little bit of everything, but he is, he's a brick shit house. He's huge. He's, what, 6'4", 240? Yeah. So he wants to pack on about 10 more. And uh, he's going to be great. And if you guys remember, Garrett Crawl was a high school quarterback as well. And when he got on campus, he was skinny as a rail, little tiny dude, didn't have facial hair, short haircut. And uh, he turned into a pretty nice defensive end. I mean, footwork and handwork. Yeah. That's what he's got to work on. Yeah. I mean, and obviously he's going to get stronger. Something he so. told me that I don't think a lot of fans think about. Um, Coach Bull has compared the quarterback position to being a pilot and, like, trying to land an airplane and all the things that are going through your head and you have to be on the ball. And you got buttons going off and things going off. That's what a quarterback goes through. And Caden Becker yesterday said, uh, dude, I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. You know what a weight that would be lifted off your shoulders? Yeah. And learning a playbook would be like learning a foreign language. And that's not even all the, you know, there's so many intangibles you have to have to be a quarterback as well. And I'm not saying that he didn't have them, but imagine those all all of a sudden disappearing. And now your job is to stay in your gap or kill the quarterback. Pin your ears back and just get after it. And he even said, I went from the hardest position in sports to arguably the easiest (laughs) position in football. (laughs) So I don't know if he meant to say all that per se, but I got what he was saying. Coach Hendricks may have something to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. And and Coach Bowl said that he's really Brian Hendricks is really going to work with Caden this offseason. So it's not just one of those, hey, let's just move him somewhere else, yeah. and then hopefully he'll fade off into the mist. That's not it. They want him to exceed or to succeed there at the DN spot. And my guess is that they probably had some of this in the back of their mind when they signed him anyway. If it doesn't they, work out. Look at his body. Look at his frame. Yeah. Oh, and you look on Twitter at his yeah. weightlifting videos. I mean, they're they're impressive. The guy can lift the weight room. So. You know, and I guess I didn't really think about it either, Jared, when, when, you know, I wrote about him when he got recruited and everything, but looking at his high school numbers yesterday, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. He didn't throw for, you know, you see Caden Anderson, for instance, a kid coming in from South Lake Carroll, he threw for miles in in high school, and you look at Caden and... You could tell he, you know, he threw for like 1,200 yards, and but his completion percentage wasn't great. He only threw like seven or eight touchdown passes. I mean, does that translate to the Division One level? I mean, translate no. to Wyoming's offense history. Oh, you said it, not me. <laughs> well, I know Craig's not listening, so we're good. Now this will be the one he does listen to. Uh, speaking of quarterback news, uh, Caden Anderson, who I just mentioned, he will not participate at all this spring. He is recovering from another ACL. He's had two right ACL tears in his high school career. Of course, he was Quinn Ewers' backup at South Lake Carroll. Quinn, of course, the, head, or the uh, starting quarterback for now at the University of Texas. So, um, you know, I asked him straight up, you think the ACLs kind of got some teams off you? And he said, absolutely. He said they, you know, Wyoming always stayed true. And uh, apparently he, him and his family came to Colorado a lot growing up, and he's got family. His grandparents live in Boise, and he's used to the outdoors and loves the outdoors, and this is not foreign territory to him. So uh, really excited about being here. He got here early, even though he can't participate. He's learning the playbook. He's in all those meetings. He's meeting his teammates. That's worth its weight in gold. Soak it up. Yep. So he's basically playing the part of a sponge right now. Um Bull did mention, though, they are going to keep an eye on uh, the backup quarterback spot. He said it's really important this uh, not only to have consistency, he wants to see serious consistency out of Andrew Peasley in year two of this offense this spring and fall. Uh, so this is Peasley's job to lose. There's no doubt about it. But the backup spot, which belonged to Jaden Clemens last year, uh, sounds like that one's open. And they are really, he said, taking a hard look at Evans Svoboda, the big kid who just looks the part. I mean, he's the guy you want getting off the bus where they're like, that's Wyoming's quarterback. That's how he looks. But they need to see more consistency out of him as well. His second year in this offense, too. Um, the, Coach Bull said he's been impressed with the way he's uh, operated the offense so far. Obviously, there's only been two practices, but uh, likes him so far. So uh, some other names that Coach has been impressed with, Harrison Whaley, the new running back out of Northern Illinois. Met him yesterday. He's a fantastic human being. He's funny. He's cool. Um, you know, I asked him, why did you leave NIU? And he goes, I felt like they were holding me back. I, I like the people here better than I like it NIU already. I'm <laughs> like, wow. Okay. 
All right. He's pretty funny, though. Talked to me about going on a snowboarding trip up to... Uh, <laughs> up to Snowy Ranch. Snow Ranch. He's never been to mountains before. So that was, uh, he's actually born in the Ivory Coast of Africa. Okay. And then uh, family lives in central Iowa. So well, hopefully, about- whoever took him had enough extra warm clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, Wyoming jumped on him early. And of course, I'll have a story about this on 7220 Sports, but. Uh, that's why he's here. Uh, Gordy Howe, uh, Gordy Howe basically jumped on him the minute he got in the portal and the Cowboys got a first hand look at him and DeKalb really good back. Well, and if you're a talented running back and you wanted uh, a new place to go, why wouldn't you look at Wyoming yeah. to run behind that yeah. offensive line in the, in this offense? Well, he told me he got some P5 <clears throat> offers, but it was after he had already developed that relationship with Wyoming and knew he you know, had his heart set on coming here. So we'll have a story about that soon. Uh, some other guys that are standing out to Coach Bull so far. John Michael Gillenborg, if that name doesn't sound familiar, uh, you didn't hear his name a lot last year until that final game at Fresno State. He caught three balls for 21 yards in that game. Uh, Bull said he was really impressive on scout team all year long and uh, really liked what he could do, and now he's really starting to tear it up, So, as well as Trayton Welch. Um, so he really likes what he's got at the tight ends right now. Uh, Tyreekus Davis, the JUCO transfer at cornerback, uh, he came from Navarro Community College. Coach Bull really, really raved about him yesterday, that he's hungry and he's got a lot to prove, and he's so excited to be here. He's a father. Uh, his family's here with him. He is bought in, and uh, apparently he's got a really positive attitude, quick feet, guy who uh, they think can make an immediate impact here, and pushed Ja'Cory Hawkins and Deron Harrell a little bit on the outside. So that, if you want to look at it, that was probably the weak link of the Cowboys' defense last year was at the corner spot, and uh, he's going to be filling in there for Cam Stone. So sounds like they really like him. And uh, Connor Shea, as I mentioned at linebacker, he's getting some getting some meaningful reps right now. And then Colby Taylor, another cornerback, you probably only remember him because he took the uh, the penalty, the uh, targeting penalty in the first quarter against Ohio last year in the in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, but he's a long, tall, lanky corner with some speed. Uh, he was only a freshman last year, so they're really excited about him as well. So does he have to sit out the first half of the Texas Tech game, or how does that work with the bowl games? Um, or can he sit out the spring game? You know, I'm not 100%. I think if you get kicked out in the first half – you're, then you're good. You're good. Okay. If it yeah. would have been in the second half, that's a good question. I bet it would have rolled over to to Texas Tech. Because I know that you know when if somebody gets suspended off the field, type of a deal. Yeah. They can use the spring game as one of the games they're suspended, and so I'm wondering if they would use that as a. Huh. Yeah. No, I think he's good because it happened in the first okay. quarter. I'm pretty sure anyway. That's a good question though. I'll ask. Uh, Sebastian Harsh making his way back. If you haven't read it, uh, I have a story about him on 7220 right now. Uh, defensive end who the coaches and players just raved about last year is he is going to be unbelievable at the defensive end spot. Really cool story out of Scott's Bluff, Nebraska. Um, really good high school player, good quarterback there, and he's just very talented, very athletic. Uh, he broke his kneecap with four days to go before the Illinois game, and I had heard that last year. I heard from a guy on the team that you could put your finger in the crack in his kneecap. And he had a horizontal crack all the way across, completely split. I've subluxed my kneecap before. I couldn't imagine oh. cracking oh, the, the whole thing. thing to where you, your teammates can put their finger in it. Whew. Yeah, ouch. But uh, Coach said he's a little rusty, but it was great talking to Sebastian. Really good kid. He actually, you know, I said, you know, just a simple question that probably every reporter's asked him so far this summer. How devastating was it to hear the, that news? And and Sebastian started crying. Yeah, you know he broke down and he uh, it meant a lot to him. He was really excited and he was a kid who, you know, he wanted to go to Nebraska, of course, like most kids who were born there do. And they never really gave him much of a look. And then his grade he let his grades slip. And Craig Bull stayed with him. They did not give him a scholarship out of Scotts Bluff, however, because of his grades. They made him come here and prove it, and he did. And he, he really credited his mother with, you know, taking the time to sit down and make damn sure that he was getting his schoolwork done. And now he has he's not a problem in that area whatsoever. And he was really ready to take off last year. So that's that's what caused the tears, I think. Uh, it's not just the, on the football field. It's all the stuff he's had to do off the field to get in the spot that he's in. So great story with him. Really excited to see him. I don't think they're going to push him a whole hell of a lot this spring. They really want him to be healthy when the season starts next year, even though he suffered a freak thing. It was on a routine drill. Uh, Frank Crum actually told me he's the one who 
kind of locked him up as he was coming around the edge, and he just stepped wrong. And I mean, you would have to put some serious force stepping wrong to crack your kneecap in half. <laughs> Can't imagine. Um, another thing, uh, Rook Brown wrote a story about him earlier this week. Of course, the nickel 5'11 kid out of Salado, Texas. Um, he definitely doesn't look the part, but he plays bigger than he than he is for sure. Uh, really good dude. But Craig Bull said before camp opened, he went up to Rook Brown and said, "Hey man, you better keep that chip on your shoulder. You got guys coming, and he does." Buck Coors is behind him, so is Malik Singleton. Staff's really high on those two, but they're really high on Rook too. And basically, uh, Craig Bull harkened back to something he used to tell Josh Allen, and he claims Josh Allen said on a national television cast that. Hey, there's a piece of meat and two dogs. Who's getting it? <laughs> so, uh, Rook Brown says, you know, I got to pay the rent every day. And uh, really good kid. Really like Rook Brown. It's a good problem to have because that means yeah. you have depth. Yep, absolutely. Depth is so key. And, and last year they were rolling six deep at the defensive tackle spot. Obviously, they rolled in a ton of defensive ends. Plus, Keelan Cox, the Alabama transfer, didn't play after suffering a hip injury. And, of course, Sebastian Harsh didn't play. Now they have Caden Becker thrown in the mix. Uh Really good, uh, really good, really good things on that defense for sure. Um, uh, something if you guys are interested in the wide receivers that uh, the Cowboys picked up in the transfer portal, Devin Bodie Jr. out of Vanderbilt and Ayer Asante out of Holy Cross, they are not here yet. Craig Bull is not extremely worried about that. Those guys can do you know the seven-on-seven seven work and stuff like that back at their school. He said they were very open with those guys and, and wanted them to stay and graduate and finish their degrees. So, uh, And what's crazy about Devin Bodie at Vanderbilt, he's going to graduate from Vandy, which is no small task, and he still has three years of eligibility left. So they're really excited about these guys. And those guys will probably be here by the end of March, uh, May. Yeah. Excuse me. I think they'll probably yep. come right away. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. So that, that's what he means by that. They'll be doing the seven-on-seven stuff with his own teammates. So, uh, what else? Uh, already mentioned, want to see some consistency out of Andrew Peasley. I think that's the big thing. I mean, he uh, he was really good for about six games in the middle of the year, and then the last few were Well, I spoke with rough. somebody today when I was in Laramie that actually did an interview with Andrew earlier this week and flat out said, he goes, I made a lot of mistakes last year. I was not good. Yeah. And he, you know, he's he's talking about himself that way. Yeah. So he's been watching a lot of film on what what he's done in the past, and hopefully that just makes him that much better. Yeah. And um, well, and we talked about it on the show. A lot of pick sixes were dropped. Yeah. A lot, yep. and he threw a lot of balls away, which were some of his best plays. <laughs> but uh, you but know, but he is one hell of a team leader. Yes, he is. And I heard uh, yesterday, I haven't interviewed Peasley yet because everybody and their mothers interviewed him already. And uh, what do you talk to about except for, you know, your consistency? Um, I heard he got married this offseason. Uh, Jordan Bertinelli also engaged to his girlfriend and Frank Crum got engaged as well. So, Guys, you're way too young. <laughs> yeah, what, are you, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I was in my, I was like 42. <laughs> yeah, was Have my, some fun. <laughs> I was in my mid-30s too. Uh so uh, another thing that was kind of interesting, um, we had heard last year after they beat Air Force on that Friday night in September that you know some guys credited their game plan to the fact that they already started game planning for the Falcons in the spring, and I thought that was interesting that they're actually utilizing practices in the spring right now to prepare for Air Force. And not only that, Texas Tech, the home opener September 2nd, Craig Bull I thought was going to be a little sheepish about answering that question, but he said, yeah. Hell yeah, we, I've already watched a ton of tape on Texas yep. Tech, and believe it, we're going to have some stuff that we're going to install and be ready for those two games. He said, you know, no matter what, you, if you have six, seven days to prepare for Air Force, that's not enough. You almost wish that they would go back to the way that they used to do the spring game and not split the teams up, but it's more like a, a true regulated scrimmage, situational scrimmage yeah, type yeah, deal yeah. to where, like, all right, scout team, get out there, run Air Force. Yeah. That'd be Scout team get out there and run the run and shoot with Texas Tech. That's true. I wonder who will be under center running that. Maybe Hank Gibbs, I guess. Unfortunately, Caden Anderson's not going to be ready to go even by the fall, I yeah. guess. But uh, that should be interesting for sure. Uh, he also talked about something that no fans think about, I would assume, because I sure don't, surely don't think about it. This will be, what, the third year in a row that the Cowboys have the same battery at the kicking spot with John Hoyland, Hank Gibbs, and, well, Reed's son did some of the snapping, and 
Oh, Who's the guy with the hamstring issues? Yeah, <laughs> that's Mr. why Reed was in there. Yeah, Mr. Hamstring. Yeah, let's just call him Hamstring. Yeah, Hamstring. Guy on the bike on the sideline. And I know Craig said that uh, John had a little rough time on, on Tuesday kicking, but he'll be fine. Well, yeah, the wind was blowing freaking <laughs> sideways, and it was even worse today. I don't even know what it was yesterday for the practice, but today I'm glad they weren't out there because it was nasty. Oh, it's really bad today. Uh, and kind of the last thing that I've learned, I guess, so far through the first week of practice in Laramie is uh, my colleague Ryan Thorburn asked Craig Bowl, um, have you given any advice to Jeff Linder? Um, you know, I wrote that column probably three weeks ago now that Craig Bowl was in the same boat. He lost a lot of guys because he wasn't a very nice guy to be around and he wasn't, he didn't have relationships with his guys. And you know, he said, yeah, I reached out to Jeff and he said, you guys know, it's very well documented uh, what we went through. And I told him, be yourself. Everybody knows your true character, but, you know, this is how it's going to go. And then he ended it by saying, you know, Wyoming fans, the sky is not falling. Uh, we'll replenish, we'll replace, just like we saw with the football program. And that's pretty much the best you can hope for, right, with the basketball program. I mean, I know people give Wyoming football a ton of shit, and, and a lot of it's unwarranted. I mean, they went. They won seven games last year. Who yeah. the hell saw that coming? You and I didn't. No, with two weeks to go in the season, they were playing for the lead in the Mountain Division. <laughs> and if there wasn't divisions last year, they still would have been right there playing Fresno yep. for a spot in the, in the championship game. So it's crazy to me. Um, you know, and, and I, I get it, though. I get it because it's the offense, right? I mean, that's the complaint and because it looks the same. And you know if the offense is just a smidge better, they beat Boise State. If it's a smidge better, maybe they beat BYU. Hey, I've never liked the Ravens ever since they came into the NFL. But when they won the championship, mm-hmm. what won in that championship? D. But, Defense. But with how, a mediocre quarterback. How good they were, though, they should have won. If they had an offense, they would have. Oh, yeah. They probably would have been the Patriots. And I'm calling him mediocre because he did play in War Memorial Stadium. Yeah, Trent Dilfer got was sacked twice on their last series to win the championship. <laughs> he was definitely mediocre, <laughs> to say the least. Same with the you can say the same about the Tampa Bay Bucks when they beat the Raiders yeah. in the Super Bowl. I mean, Brad Johnson was their quarterback. Their offense was hideous. Brad who? Exactly. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. I thought that was a great question from Thorburn asking about the correlation between Ball and Leonard because it's definitely there. And he said, you know, we take a lot of slings and arrows, but that's the spot we're in. We're the top two. You know, no offense to the other coaches, but they are. They're the top two highest paid. They're the top two premier guys on campus. Yep. So they re- they rely on each other. And it's kind of nice to see that they have that good of a relationship. I know I sat next to Craig Bull at Jeff Linder's father's funeral. So it was good to see that continuity and good to see, you know, those guys being there for each other. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got from football. Um, they're going to practice Saturday in full pads for the first time. Obviously, we're not allowed to be – Anywhere near War Memorial Stadium for that. Uh, the wind's going to be blowing 100 miles an hour yet tomorrow, too. So I'd imagine that's going to move to the indoor practice. Yeah, I have a feeling they'll be indoors, and you'll get a recap yep. uh, emailed to you and then get that out. And then, yep. of course, Tuesday once again. Yep, Tuesday, which is supposed to snow. Can't wait to <laughs> deal with that. But uh, might be making some phone calls on Tuesday. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap it up here with uh, there's still a couple of Wyoming ties in the uh, Final Four. Of course, J.D. Luster, former point guard for the Cowboys, former defensive player of the year in the Mountain West. He's an assistant for the San Diego State Aztecs. They are taking on Florida Atlantic tomorrow. That's the first Houston. game. Yeah, that's the yeah. first game. And then the nightcap is Miami and UConn. The UConn is the favorite right now. And I was able to get an interview with James Doran who is the athletic trainer for the basketball team at UConn, who also served in that same capacity at Wyoming from 2000 to 2005 um, for Coach Steve McLean. Enjoy that, and we'll see you next week. I'd like to welcome James Dorn to the Roaring Repeater podcast. James, thanks for being along with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. And you're probably wondering why you see or hear a guy that you may not recognize before. Well, James Doran was the athletic trainer for the Cowboy basketball team from 2000 to 2005, and now he is the head athletic basketball trainer for the Yukon Huskies, making his fourth trip to the Final Four. So you're a vet now, James. Yeah, people kind of give me a hard time anymore just because even with this staff and as accomplished as – Hurley and everybody is, um, they don't have a whole lot of experience, you know, getting this far along into the process. And so, so there's myself and, you know, one of our assistants, coach Tom Moore, 
uh, when I first got here in 05, um, he was part of with the UConn coaching staff. And so he went to the final four and or champ, you know, won the national championship with coach Calhoun in 99 and 04. Then he went on to his own, you know, his own head coaching career. He actually came back with coach Hurley and he worked with coach Hurley in Rhode Island. So him and I are the two KG veterans at this point. And so we're trying to be calm for everybody because everybody's pretty excited about this right now. That's for sure. As they should Exactly. I mean, it's not like you were a favorite going in by any means. I mean, not a dark horse by any means either. <laughs> well, I'd like I'd like to think that we we're maybe a little more underrated or we flew under the radar just because we had that little January swoon where we kind of just lost our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seemed to have figured out again uh, how we were playing early in the year. Well, that's good. And is some of that credit to you getting some guys healthy again? Uh, I mean, I. Uh, you know what? No, not really. We've we've had a lucky year, knock on wood. So we've had, you know, early in the year we had a couple things that um, maybe kept players limited or kept them out, kept them out. Um, you, you know, even with um, one of our main guys, our starters, Andre Jackson, um, who brings so much to our team and to the table as far as how dynamic we are as a team. Um, he broke his pinky during the preseason. And so he actually got a late go to the season for, you know, until that healed up a little bit of surgery. And um, so really that was kind of, you know, the big miss on players. And, and ever since then, we've been, you know, just doing pretty well, you know, just the normal wear and tear, the normal ankle sprains the normal stuff that don't hold anybody out for a large amount of time. Thank God. Yeah. So. Well, let's go back to your Wyoming ties. So you come on board this, for the 2000 season, 2000, 2001 season, Coach McLean brings you on board. What was that experience like to set you to where you're at today? Oh, wow. That's um, well, taking me way back. Uh, if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I started in 98 as a GA. Um, and so I was actually with football, cowboy football and wrestling and track and field uh, my first two years there. Um, and then when I finished grad school, um, do you remember the name Lonnie Swenson? Mm-hmm. He was the athletic trainer for men's basketball with Wyoming. And, and so he moved on um, and it just kind of the timing worked out. So Bill Lyons, uh, the head back then, you know, they offered me the job right out of the gate and said, do you want basketball? I was like, yeah. So you know, we all know Wyoming. Um, it's a great job. Um, and obviously it just I was in a great place and finished school and to, to be my first job out of you know grad school and and kind of as a, a paid employee, it was a perfect, perfect way to start my career. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. And and obviously walking into uh, Coach McLean's, you know, tenure mm-hmm. and the teams that you were around there, too. You got to go to one NCAA tournament, another postseason with the NIT um, and but back to back Mountain West championships, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, we had a- we had, we had a we had a nice little run at least while I was there for sure. I mean, Clayne, you know, obviously brought in a lot and brought a pretty good reputation in, and and um, he had a he had a nice little run there for that five years I was there anyway. Yep. What's your memories of the NCAA tournament that year down in Albuquerque? You know, playing Gonzaga in the first round and then Arizona in the second round. Uh, you know what? The 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 biggest memory I have there's two there's two memories I have from that tournament run. Um, you know, obviously we we had a really solid team with Josh and. And uh, Marcus Bailey and Chris, you know, all those guys, man. And um, and so we had oh, Uch. I can't forget Uch, right? And so and it was funny. Is I just I just talked to uh, Uche this weekend. Um, just he he happened to be randomly in Vegas with his family. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't. We didn't actually connect face to face, but we traded a couple text messages uh, just because he when he came in town, he realized I was there, and so we just kind of chatted a little bit. Um, but anyway, so our team was pretty good, obviously, and. And um, and the biggest thing I remember, one was, you know, we just came out of the Mountain West Conference Tournament um, and we were, you know, the Mountain West, I guess, sweetheart being in Albuquerque. And so a lot of the uh, New Mexico fans obviously were rooting for us. And so it was kind of cool that when we went to went to play that first game against Gonzaga and even Arizona, um, uh, a lot of the faces that I recall from, you know, not rooting for us when we would play New Mexico, uh, they were all on our side. You know, some of their big fans and their big regulars. And, and are you thinking of, of Snake in particular? 
I think so. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you his name, but there was, I remember being a fairly younger dude, um, but always very loud, always very, always very pro Lobo. Oh yeah. And, um, and, but he was at all the tournament games for us and he was locked in for Wyoming Cowboys. It was great. Yep. Uh, so that, I remember the other thing I remember mostly is, is um, I don't know that we could have drawn a better matchup for us uh, in terms of how we were and match and matching up Gonzaga because Gonzaga was favored. They were higher, higher ranked than us, but you know, man for man on the team, we matched up really well with them. And, and I don't think anybody thought we weren't going to beat them. Um, I thought everybody thought we would probably beat them just because we matched up so well. And we did. Yep. We had, it, was, it was a great game, and we won. It's, uh, Dan Dickow, the point guard on that team, they all, one of the all-time greats at Gonzaga, he does a lot of the games for CBS College Sports now, so he comes to Laramie a lot, and yeah. he hears it from the fans all the time. You remember Josh Davis blocking your shot? And he just looks up in the stands and shakes his head. Yeah. <laughs> of course he does. So, you know, and, then, and then, you know, the following year, injury happened to Marcus yeah. Bailey, the preseason player of the year. Um, he, he goes down and the team doesn't do as well. And they end up in the NIT that year. And um, so what, what was your remembering from that season? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the big, the big exclamation point was we lost Marcus. And so uh, when he tore his ACL and, you know, he, well, I mean, going into that season, he was going to be the difference maker in terms of everything and what he brought to us as a team. And, um, and you know, we just weren't able to kind of we didn't have. You know, that consistency, you know, that player who was consistently just, you know, he, he had such a good deception about his game um, that even in as his with his veteran status, teams still didn't pick up on, you know, how he was able to create space and make shots. He was such a good shooter from the outside. Um, and obviously he could get to the rim, but, but he, you know, one of the biggest components to his game that, that you don't see as much this day and age is the mid range game. Um, and he was one of those guys where he got, when he put up, when he, when he made space and put up that mid range shot, it was going in. Yeah. And he could almost count the two points. And so that was a big loss. And so we still had a, you know, a decent year making NIT, but, I remember correctly that was where we went to Carolina. Yes, it was. Yeah, that that was not pretty there. And um, <laughs> all, all I remember that game, the biggest thing I remember about that North Carolina game was um, the Tar Heels. They loaded their lower bowl with students, and yep. I remember that crowd. I remember that game being so loud and so. Uh, I mean, it was, it was hard just to hear yourself think in that game. Yeah, I remember leaving that game, and and their their staff said that was the loudest they had ever heard the Dean Dome. Because yeah. of the way they did the NIT tickets, right? Yeah, it was, so. it was crazy, but um, but you know, it's it was it was a big loss losing Marcus, that's for sure. Yeah, and and earlier in the season too, it was a made-for-TV game at Kansas. Right. Yeah. Go in there, ESPN, going to be a great you know matchup, all this kind of stuff. Two top twenty-five teams most likely, but Marcus doesn't play because he was injured like a week or two before that game. Yeah. So. It was, it was a big loss. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's go back to real quick um, your experiences working with Coach Calhoun and now Danny Hurley. Um. Wow. There's a lot there. So, um, you know, I've had since I've been here. I've been here 18 years now, and so um, I worked with Coach Calhoun for about seven years. Um, Kevin Ollie was the, the coach after him. I worked with him for about five years, and. And now I'm in my fifth season with uh, uh, with with Coach Hurley. Um, you know, the biggest thing about Calhoun and Calhoun and I remain close to this day. And um, and so, I mean, him, he, we, him and I spent so much time together. And, um, you know, I love our relationship probably a lot more now um, than it was back then, just because the, the, the coach athletic training relationship is always a little uh, interesting sometimes because sometimes you walk into their office not in a great place. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. And so, but, you know, everybody knows Calhoun and his intensity, his in-game intensity. Um, and, you know, if you guys, if anybody remembers from back in the day watching UConn basketball, um, when the game was on and, and he was between the lines, man, he, he was a bear, you know, but um, the thing I love about him the most was um, he didn't, that intensity wasn't there when the game wasn't on. You know, did he bring it to practice? Of course, but outside the lines, uh, he was great. 
he was awesome, man. We we spent a lot of time just in his uh, bunker, as we called it, just with all the coaches, just um, just going around, around, around with jokes and stories and and whatever. I mean, he's been around, you know, he's been doing it for such a long time. And um, even who I mentioned before, Coach Tom Moore, uh, the guy was a comedian, and so he just he always had funny stories. And so those, you know, back in those days, those were probably my best memories in terms of. One, my existing relationship and how it still exists today with Calhoun. Uh, and uh, two, just I loved his intensity. And I love the fact that the intensity wasn't there uh, just in his daily life. So he was able to separate the two. Um, Hurley, you get, we all see it. He's super intense. Um, a lot of people say, and I don't, you know, I didn't have Calhoun um, as, a, as a head coach in his early years before he won his first national championship in 99. Um, but I hear a lot of similarities between Calhoun before his national championship to how Hurley is now. Um, and so the, you know, the in-game intensity is there, the practice intensity is there. Um, and so he's, he's very driven and just, it's, it always, you know, having that kind of intensity always, um, makes the relationship a little more, uh, funky, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, but good. You know, very good. Our experiences are great, and, and we work well together, that's for sure. Were you able to catch up with the Wyoming Brass when they played football out there in stores a couple years ago? I good. did, yeah. I actually went up uh, into the, 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 the radio booth and talked to Dave and Kevin for a little bit, so it was good seeing those guys. Uh, especially, I think that was like, I think that was Kevin's last year. Uh, yeah. It was as a no, full-time, no, no. It was as a full-time employee, yeah, but it was yeah, Dave's yeah. last football season. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. What, and, and Kevin, Kevin only does ra- Wyoming football now, right? For radio, uh, he does basketball as well. But he's he's the color analyst uh, for both. And he, yeah. uh, but he's no longer a full time employee of the university. He retired. So cool. Yeah, he did tell me that. So yep. yeah, so I I snuck up there into the radio booth uh, during that game. It was mid broadcast too, and and so um, you know they're they're whatever assistants or people around them. They're tech people. When I walked in, they looked at me like, "Who is this guy?" and and uh, and I started chirping them a little bit, and, they, and Kevin turned around, and so it was, I spent about 20 minutes up there. Just Good. took me back, took me back a little bit, just kind of listening to them do their broadcast and do their thing, and and it, it, they were exactly the same they've always been, and and uh, it, was, it was great. So, well, I mean, you guys spent a lot of lot of road trips together. Uh, I mean, because a lot of people don't realize when the radio team is right there with the team, right. and they're they're going to shoot arounds, they're not so per se team meals, but I mean, I'm sure you guys had a lot of Bud Lights on the night before games sure, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're on the plane. They're they're at practices. Obviously, they're at yep. games, but when they're in a the hotel with us. We they're pretty much part of the traveling staff. So, yep. Um, but yeah, no, we go way back. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, you know, your undergrad days, San Diego yep. State, a nemesis in the Mountain West Conference, but everybody's rooting for them now. Cause it's all about the money, right? <laughs> Each level the Mountain West team goes, the more money the schools get for the next six years. So, but um, so you're you have a little more rooting interest in this year's Final Four, having your alma mater in there along with the team you now work with. Right. Granted, you're on the other side of the bracket, so hopefully you guys meet up in the championship game. Yeah, for sure, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm a little I'm a little torn, I'll be honest, just because um, uh, San Diego State, yeah, of course, me being alum and. And um, I'm probably leaning towards them to to be be in the championship, and like like you just said, hopefully we get there. Um, but um, FAU, who they're playing, uh, our backup point guard last year, uh, he put himself in the portal, so he actually plays for FAU. Uh, he's not starting for FAU, but he's still on the team and plays you know pretty good minutes. And so mm-hmm. I've got a rooting is rooting interest for both. So I, I guess in my case, it's it's a win win, right? So yeah. either team that wins, I'll be happy for that team and uh um yeah that's it's, it's pretty cool i'm excited about it so i mean we played we i mean back in uh, i'm not gonna remember which year now you might have to remind me it was i can't remember it was either 11 or 14 i think it was 11 yeah it was 11 um we played san diego state in the sweet 16 um, in that round, the Sweet 16 Elite round, because we played San Diego State and Arizona out in Arizona. Um, so that was kind of a rooting interest as well, just kind of. Yep. And that was the right play, to go play to Dallas. Alondra, and, yeah, and then we, I'd like to say we smoked them, but we didn't smoke them. We won by two or three, which that's fine. A win's a win. <laughs> so. And then that took 
the Yukon to the Final Four in Dallas in 2011. Then is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and that was a um, San Diego State had Kawhi Leonard back then. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I, that was before I knew who Kawhi Leonard was really. And other than he was a uh, you know he was a ma- one of our main focus for scout, but but uh, he's turned out to be quite the NBA star, right? Yes, he has. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, well, all right, James, it's won't cool. take up it's any more cool. of your time here. And uh, mm-hmm. we certainly appreciate you coming on the podcast today and wish you all the best down in Houston. And um, hopefully we'll get to see you sometime in the near future if you ever come out to Wyoming. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you reaching out. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Definitely cool seeing your face, Jared. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 